What's up guys and welcome to The Married Life. This is Joe. And this is Chrissy. And I was gonna say that we are The Married Life, but we're not The Married Life. We have a married life. We do. We do have a married life. Uh, but the whole point of The Married Life is to help build stronger marriages, to create stronger families, to form stronger communities. And on today's podcast, we are interviewing Ryan and Selena Frederick of Fierce Marriage. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Mm-hmm. How are you guys? It's good to be here, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're good. We are so lucky to have you guys. I really appreciate you guys being here. Oh, absolutely. We're honored. Thank you. For everyone who doesn't know who you are, can you give a little backstory? what you guys do, what is Fierce Marriage, about the books you've written, the podcast you have. All right, Selena's yeah. going to do the whole thing, so no, go. I'm not. Uh, so, Fierce Marriage has been in existence for about six years. It kind of started as a blog. Um, we were just kind of sharing transparently and openly about, you know, kind of the struggles we've faced in our marriage and how God has um, basically illuminated truth through that, uh, through our relationship and uh, our covenant and Um, We just wanted to share kind of what God was teaching us. And so we started writing and we started putting it out there and little by little people started reading it. And um, yeah, it's just kind of taken off from there. We started, we've written a few devotional books, uh, couples devotional books on prayer and a 31 day pursuit. Those are kind of like the, that one's kind of like the love dare really jumping in, um, getting into some, you know, hard, not hard challenges, but kind of daily ways you can love your spouse in a tangible way and some truth and scripture there as well. Um, and then we do have our, our most recent book that came out this last year. Um, it's called Fierce Marriage, and it's kind of our marriage manifesto, kind of has all things we would talk about and share with if we mm. could have a very long, long coffee date <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> with anybody getting married or who's newly married. Um, you know, just what? how do we navigate marriage? Because obviously it's not um, just rainbows and sunshine all the time, so it takes some work. And what does that mean? What does that look like? Why do we have to mm. work? How do we have to love each other? What does the Bible say about this, and why would it... Why would it ask us to love in this certain way if it wasn't designed to last? Yeah, and I will add, great job, by the way, Selena. Usually, usually she leaves that kind you're of welcome. stuff to me. So you're welcome. You're, you did well. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would add that the whole kind of one of the main, I guess, convictions that we felt at the outset is that we had seen some friends of ours get divorced in mm-hmm. the time that we had been married. We got married fairly young, and we had seen friends of ours get get married and then divorced in the you know within the nine to ten years that we had been married at the time and in some cases they got divorced we got married and divorced twice and so we were just kind of throwing our hands up saying what is different why are we together why are we still friends why are we not just sticking it out but we're actually enjoying mm-hmm. married life and you know we it didn't take long for us to settle on the one truth that it's just christ it's he's the only reason that we because we yeah. had opportunities to give up yeah. and we felt like giving up a lot of times but it was the foundational truths of scripture the foundational uh truth of our salvation in christ and his love that we received so that's basically where fierce marriage came from is this mm-hmm. this conviction that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and never gives in but that fierce tenacity is not something we muster on our own it's something that is uh shown to us and given to us in the person and work of christ mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, Chrissy and I, we talk about this often that we don't know how people can have a successful marriage without Jesus as the center of it. Um, in our past relationship, I mean, we were, I mean, for, especially for me, I was just very arrogant, selfish, all about me, you know, just super conceited, everything. And so it wasn't until 
really finding out who Jesus was and still today, you know, discovering him and trying to search him out that our relationship completely changed. And so for you guys, when you're talking to couples, um, not just on marriage, but on a biblical marriage and who Jesus is, what does that look like? Where's that starting point for you guys and helping a marriage get stronger by knowing strength comes through Christ? Yeah, I want to jump in here. Selena could answer this too. <laughs> uh, okay, so we say it's how I we totally agree with you in that mm-hmm. I don't know how to be married outside of my my relationship with Jesus because Jesus is not just a good teacher. He's not just a good person. He is he is God incarnate, right? He's the fulfillment of the covenantal character of God that we see all throughout Scripture. Now, when you talk about marriage, marriage is a covenant. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not a contract, it's a covenant. It's something that God designed for human flourishing, and he purposefully endowed it with covenantal infrastructure based on his own covenantal character that we see him living out as God, as a perfect God, a just God, a merciful, a loving God. We see him living that out mm-hmm. in the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament. And so that understanding that covenantal character of God, I would say, is the very first kind of pillar the, the foundation of the gospel. And then as you're building up, you know, what this idea of marriage is, the covenantal character of God is the first pillar. Right. And then getting a little more just like granular about it, you know, Jesus teaches us how to love. It's John, I think it's first John 4, 19. That's like, we love because he first mm. loved us. Right. So there are so many definitions of what love is uh, swirling around in our culture, society. And a lot of people believe a lot of different things that love is something that I feel that it's something that makes me happy, and if it doesn't, I'm going to give up on this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but biblical, like true biblical love is outlined obviously in 1 Corinthians 13, but um, just all throughout the person and work of Christ. Like he is, it's one-way love. It's unconditional love. It's saying, right. I'm going to stick with you. It's patient. It's kind. It's 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 not self-seeking, which is so contrary to all of the messages mm-hmm. that we hear. Not to say that you can't feel the effects of love. Like when I... When I am intentional about loving Ryan, loving my husband, there are feelings that come along with that, but the feelings are not what I'm chasing. Those are not the objective. The objective is to love him intentionally in a way that he feels and knows and understands and experiences love. So that's just getting a little bit more granular. Yeah. So the covenantal character of God as seen in the person and work of Christ, the kind of what we would call like almost the doctrine of love, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there's not no such thing I, I, that I know of, like all of God's character, you know, <laughs> and not all of he it, but love. part of his yeah. character is love. Yeah. But we see it if we have a, a right view of scripture and right. a right view of God. What I love about what Selena just said is that we see that in, she said, the person and work of Christ. So we see it in how he behaved. Mm-hmm. We see it in what he did, his life, death, burial, resurrection. How he we see spoke. it in what he said, yeah. who he spoke to, who he brought into the fold. But we also see it in, like you said, in the person, right? He is love incarnate, mm-hmm. right? That God fulfilled his covenant in this way. God didn't have to intervene into humanity in this way. He didn't have to do it, mm-hmm. but he did. And and not only that, but he's given us his His revealed word, scripture, mm-hmm. to show us his love, loving covenantal character. So, right. And he came down to us and he offered right. grace and extended forgiveness. And I mean, try to translate that into marriage. And that's not always easy, right? It's like extending when, grace we're, and forgiveness. when we're fighting and we're in the heat of the moment, I'm not ready to extend grace but when i take that time to cool down and 
you know, he calls me the Hulk sometimes, but when I come back to a normal person, um, <laughs> Jack, J- Dr. Jekyll, was it Jekyll and Hyde? Dr. Um, Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. There yeah. It <laughs> th- well, then it's, it's not just like these feelings of extending grace, but it's the sweet conviction from the Holy Spirit saying, you know, Christ has extended grace to you and forgiven you of so much. Like, how can you hold this yeah. sin against your husband? Or we need to work through a process of healing and forgiveness. And, you know, that looks different, you know, depending mm. on what you're dealing with. If you're dealing with infidelity, it's obviously not going to be a quick conversation. But if you're dealing with kind of just tones, communications, just kind of day-to-day stuff, you know, there's uh, the reconciliation is, is usually pretty quick, I feel like. And that level. comes from that First John one nineteen. We love because he first... 419. 419. I wish you knew your Bible. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we love because he first loved us. So, yeah. Sorry. We could talk about that for hours. Yeah. So hopefully that's a Just good answer. Just jump right in, friends. Yeah. Jump right yeah. in. Just close yeah. us down. <laughs> I say it all the time. Like, the more that I get to know Jesus and... Um, just the grace that he has poured out on my life. We talk about it all the time, just how terrible of people we were before we met Jesus. And I can never forget that. I can never forget who I was Mm. or even who we were as a couple. Like I cannot forget that because Mm. when I do, then I'll start taking advantage of him or I I won't give as much grace or, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't, we can't Mm. make this work when I forget things like that. So I always remember who I am, but I just think that's so great. You, um, Selena, you said that you, um, like have to intentionally like love him and, and, and show that grace and all that. You said, you said something along those lines, but could you, yeah, yeah. Give me, I guess you guys could both give, but practical ways or when you come down from being the Hulk, like, what does that look like? <laughs> like what? Cause I mean, I understand that when Joe's hungry or he's yeah. tired, like Hulk comes out and I get it. <laughs> and so what does that practically look like? No, uh, I mean, for one, it's really just knowing each other really well, right? Like we spend a lot of time together, but we know, I know his love languages. I know what his big red buttons are. I mean, like every spouse, right? We know how to hit him hard. Mm. Um, but I know what really speaks to him and what helps encourage him and I only know this because I, I know him I'm not so distracted with my own tasks with my own sort of life that I'm neglecting kind of his needs and his wants and who he is and who God is molding him to be those are things that I want to be a part of and I want to help grow and be a, be in that process with him and so by knowing that you know, these things trigger him or knowing that like, we don't have good conversations after like eight o'clock at night, because we're all just so tired. So it's like, just knowing kind of, you know, the time of day when to have hard conversations, even leading up to it, Mm. should we, let's talk about setting some time time aside, excuse me, um, on when we need to talk about this, this thing, that's this elephant in the room, you know, we've got some stuff going on, or, you know, and I just, I know that like with my tone, I can really make him angry or I can very much encourage him. Oh, baby. He's very much a tone person. <laughs> yeah. um, and he takes words differently than I do. Sometimes I can say things flippantly and it just rolls off my back. Whereas he, it just goes deep real quick. Mm. And so he, his, his recovery time is not as quick. He's not as resilient with some things. And then I don't know. I don't always understand why. And then I remember that he is not me. Right. And so I have to. I have right. to understand that about him and know that and, and love him. I thought those are some of the, the best qualities about him is that he does consider the weight of his words and he yeah. does consider like mm. what I say to, to bear weight on who he is. That's good. Yeah. I, 
I would um, I, that's, I would just add to that. The Bible teaches um, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? That's not a popular scripture among like fringe believers, right? You have to really trust that God is good to say that I, f- mm-hmm. I fear the Lord in mm-hmm. this way. And it's not, you know, there is a sense of like sober, sober kind of fear. He's God, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But it's a sense that his word is the right way, mm-hmm. right? And that's the beginning of wisdom. So anytime we're in a, in a whatever, a funk, and I don't want to apply wisdom, it's because I'm in, on some level, I'm not believing that God is bigger, greater, his way is better, his way is wiser, his way will allow mm-hmm. us to flourish. I'm somehow believing that my way is going to do that. And right. so I, at that, in that moment, I'm not fearing the Lord. So when I when I have when the Holy Spirit like He does He's faithful to to remind us when we're in those moments, and a lot of times He will convict us using Scripture. So if we run to the Word, then we see so much of how what it means to live out love. Mm-hmm. And so Celine, you're talking about communication, right? Yeah. We talk about James says you know be slow to speak, be quick to listen, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Do not mm-hmm. in your anger do not sin. Like we see all these different. Things okay. So, what does that mean now to be slow to speak? Well, it means that I'm taking time to listen. <laughs> it means that I'm or I'm not responding. And I'm not responding out quickly of, out of emotion, right? Instead, and feelings versus you know what mm. I know to be true. I'm not just going to flippantly say what I'm feeling because I'm frustrated yeah. and hurting because that's trusting my way versus trusting the Lord's way. And then, how do we? It, it's in that moment when it's when your pride is like at its strongest. Mm-hmm. And you really have to lay yourself down. And that's what Paul's talking about. We are living sacrifices. We're constantly having to kill our flesh mm-hmm. in favor of the better way of right. the Spirit, right? Paul said in First Corinthians, I'll show you still a better way, the way of love. And so that so to get to that point, there's all kinds of some good there's some good psychological tools. Right? We talked with Dr. Josh and Christy. Straub, yeah. And they talked about um, emotional intelligence, safety. emotional yeah. safety. Yeah. And so we've been marriage. reading on emotional. What does it mean to be emotionally intelli- intelligent right. and be aware and empathetic? And so there's a lot of kind of psychology, but it's all undergirded by the truths of Scripture. And I think if we don't start there, we don't trust God there, mm. it, this, all the psychology, all the pop psychology in the world will never work, right? right? We need Jesus at the core. Yeah, you guys even sharing that, it really just opens my eyes up to you need to study your spouse like a good book and you need to study the good book, the Bible, you know, um, because <laughs> yeah, in doing so, because your spouse, you, she should be the one or he should be the one that you're always trying to read. You know, Selena, you just hit on the head. Like, you know, Ryan's, uh, love languages, his, his, um, red buttons, you know, you know exactly what it takes for him to feel like the man and you know what it makes, you know, what it takes to put him in his place. You know, like you just know all of this. <laughs> and if and if we're not studying God's word, a lot of times we'll we'll well I'm gonna push the buttons instead of taking a step back, you know, yeah. trying to be more graceful, trying to be more loving, because it's it's our flesh, you know, our human nature right. is to be to feel like well, I you made me feel bad, so I'm gonna make you feel worse, you know? Like I just know that is a, I mean, that is totally me. And so I have to daily seek out God and his word, because if not our, I mean, our relationship is just a nightmare. I'm just a nightmare, you know, like you don't want to be around <laughs> me, um, especially when you're living with me 24 seven, like Chrissy would have been gone a long time ago if it wasn't for Jesus. So yeah, you guys just sharing that. I was like, man, what for anyone out there listening that if you don't take time to study your spouse, study your spouse. And if you study your spouse, but you don't Mm. study the Bible, study the Bible, you know, because they go hand in hand. (laughs) 
to have that solid mm-hmm. marriage that Jesus, that God mm-hmm. talks about in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the picture we see in Song of Solomon of pursuit, especially in like Song, Song of Solomon 1. Mm-hmm. I think she says, come after me, let us run, right? Mm-hmm. Draw me after you, let us run. She's basically saying, pursue me mm-hmm. as as my husband, pursue me and let us run together. So this is this, I mean, the whole book's a push and pull of this, you know, intimate exchange. It gets pretty graphic at times, but that that is a mo- like, why is that in the Bible? Why is that in scripture for us? Mm. It's to show us a picture of pursuit of love and mm-hmm. how there's a certain amount of whimsy that comes along with just being enamored with somebody and within marriage, mm-hmm. like there's, that's the place for it. And so I think you're absolutely right in that we need to know and study each other and not lose that sense of curiosity. And I think that sense of curiosity is always founded in this this deep respect for who I've married, this person, mm-hmm. this daughter of God, this son of God, this this person created in his image. I, If I have a deep respect for, for Selena, then I respect what she says. I respect what she thinks. I respect how she says it. I respect her mannerisms, you know, mm-hmm. the things that she enjoys. And I'm going to want to pursue her and learn more about her because, you know, if, if, if this isn't often, but if my heart's in a humble place, <laughs> God constantly has to humble me actively. <laughs> but if I'm in a humble place, I'm, I'm wanting to actively pursue her and just know more about her and not just be so self-centered that I'm just trying to impose myself on her all the time. Right. And as a wife, you know, it's super easy for us to get really manipulative and controlling, right, with our words and with our actions. And, you know, it goes all the way back to Genesis 3 when, you know, God's like, you, as the wife, like, you will want, you will, your longing will be for, like, your husband yeah. and his role, but he will rule over you. And so we're constantly, like, killing our flesh of wanting to, to mm. usurp that role, wanting to just, okay, can you just, you know, get it together? I've already got everything to get, like, you know, this constant um, vocabulary and conversation that is just demeaning. Um, and emasculating, whereas God's word, if we know it and it's in us and we're understanding it, we're spending time with it, we're letting it govern our lives and our hearts and our responses, it's there that I can say, okay, these thoughts and these words that I'm saying to my husband are not honoring to him. What is really happening here is I'm trying to take control of the situation. I'm trying to make, you know, cut him down a bit so that I feel more secure about myself. Like this is just Mm. a hurtful situation. So God's word really is powerful in that it clarifies and helps identify the exact problems, I think, that, that are going on in our hearts. Um, because, you know, our, our problems day to day are not, they're not, they're just symptoms of deeper problems happening in our hearts. And so um, I guess just to kind of leave it there, that's where it would go. That's good. Yeah, I think uh, just you guys talking about that kind of stuff and, you know, talking about pursuit and, you know, everybody wants to be pursued by their spouse, but what happens or what advice would you give to somebody when maybe they feel like it's like a one-way street maybe they're whatever Mm. it may be if if it was infidelity Mm -hmm. or past hurts or whatever it is if one spouse is kind of you know tapped out or just not in it and because we hear that a lot when you know absolutely you said earlier where you know sometimes couples will will come to you if you know there's a crisis or and they want like a quick fix, but that, I mean, that's not the case. So what would you give advice to somebody who maybe feels like it's not a 50, 50, it's more like a hundred zero and, and, and they're not mm. you know, being yeah. pursued, but they're doing all the work. Yeah, man, that's first off, that's extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And usually the spouse that comes to you guys, you know, who have a podcast or people like us who have, you know, mm-hmm 
a podcast and whatever, by the time they come to us, they're usually at their wits end, right? And so, or by the time they're listening to this, they're thinking, man, I've been here for years or months and I just feel like I have no more Mm -hmm. in me. And so I just want to acknowledge that that's hard, right? There's there's no getting around how hard that is. What I do want to do after that is and say, yes, it's hard, but you have a savior, you're not alone. And so, so many times we can take that as a trite kind of Christianese sort of answer or a pat answer to mm-hmm. a big problem, a little answer to a big problem, but, but I could not emphasize the opposite more. That is a huge answer to a big problem <laughs> that Jesus, he, you're not alone. You have Jesus. Second Peter, I love this passage, second Peter one verse three, it says his divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that goes on and on. But the point that I'm trying to make in that Paul is making, or Peter is making in that, is that we have everything we need for life and godliness in Jesus. Do we actually believe that? And so for the spouse who's in that really tough spot, That's the first thing, the first hope I want to give them. The hope of you have everything in Christ. He has given you um, deep communion with God and deep union with God. Lean into that, pray, get scripture. Uh, After that, after after your, your footing is secure on him, get help. Mm-hmm. Get help from a pastor, get help from a friend, a mentor, somebody who's not going to be an adversary of your marriage, but someone who's going to advocate for your marriage, mm-hmm. who's going to advocate for your spouse, who's going to see Mm. The, see the dysfunction for what it is, but who's going to hope with you on the, the promises of Christ that, that Peter's talking about there. And so, um, and what that looks like, I think, is very different from situation to situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but always, you know, I think marriage is one of the biggest mistakes couples make is they try to get through stuff like that as an island by themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I always want to push them to the local church, push them to biblical counseling. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important Um, Just to quickly add to that, uh, to really meet your spouse where they're at. So many times I think we can try to like spur them on or pull them along. And Mm, that's good. Honestly, you know, God is the only one who can transform hearts. We cannot. And yes, our spouse can be difficult to love at times, right? Especially if they're not doing what we think they should be doing, right? But really Mm. understand and meet your spouse where they are and this comes from a story from some good friends of ours um kenny and linda they got married super young linda is just bible believing you know grew up in the christian faith all of that kenny was just a ruffian by ruffian all by all definitions yeah. football player all this kind of stuff and she they got married but he didn't want to go to church and she's like why won't you go to church with me and he's like whatever you know she he nagged just, him and nagged yes him. and he yeah. just watch football on Sundays and whatever. And finally, I think she was talking to a pastor and he was just like, just meet him where he's at. And I think she just kind of felt this conviction of the Holy Spirit. And so she goes, I went home from church that day. I went to the fridge, got him a beer and sat down and said, what's the score? And he was just baffled. He was like, floored. Yeah. floored. He did not know what hit their marriage. And so, and from then on, I mean, they're, they're pastors of a church now. Like they just, they love the Lord. They have just generations of children that are following Jesus. And so yeah. all that to say is I think it's, it's powerful to, and not don't feel like you're compromising, but feel like you're you're meeting your spouse where they're at I would in call a very that. loving. I would call that and love sacrificial that. way, maybe. Yeah, sacrificial. I would use the word generous yeah. toward them. We love like generosity in marriage; they go hand in hand. Yeah. 
So if you have, like we talked, like first in Second Peter, he talks about if we have everything we need, if we actually believe that for life and godliness, mm. then we have this deep, deep well of identity in Christ. Yeah. And I can go love my spouse from a place that is otherworldly. Mm. And even though I don't feel you're reciprocating that love, I can still make a decision to love you and be generous to mm-hmm. you in whatever ways you will hear me. And I'm secure in that. And I'm yeah. secure. Yeah. And and just watch as love does what love does. <laughs> and it transforms hearts. Yeah. Man, that is so good. You know, because there are so many times that I get it, um, that people just want to bail on the marriage, you know, that they've been trying or right. they've been sitting, they've been waiting and things aren't happening, happening, happening. Um, but it just reminds me, you know, like we talk about it all the time at church, you know, when you're, when you're planting a seed, you know, and you're going to reap a harvest one day because there's so much potential in that seed. But you don't realize mm-hmm. that between the harvest and the planting, there's a lot of waiting, you know? And, mm-hmm. and like you guys said, just, man, meeting them where they're at, you know, and you're just watering that seed and watering that seed and watering that seed. And there's going to be times where it feels like that water is just, it's, it's drying up before it even hits the ground, you know, but it's like, but it actually mm-hmm. is doing something right. in there. We just don't see it, but God sees it. And God's the one that's going to do it. Not us. Exactly. And, sure. and that's where I think it comes back around to the very beginning of our talk where understanding the covenantal uh, that covenantal nature of marriage based yeah. on the covenantal character of God, it gives us this this security, right? When we mm-hmm. actually say that covenant's not something that just goes away, like a covenant is something that is sealed by God. Mm-hmm. And and what is it, Mark ten eight? I think it says uh, what man has brought mm-hmm. together or yeah. what God has brought together, let, let not man separate. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's that's a huge relief mm-hmm. is that I can rest in this covenant. I don't have to figure it out today, and I can let love. Do become love. I can let it mature. I yeah. can figure out how to love my spouse in that time. I can trust that that God is going to be faithful and the seed is going to start growing if I just keep watering it, so mm-hmm. to speak, trusting that he's, gonna, he's the one that's going to bring the growth, not me. You can't shout at a plant and make it grow faster. <laughs> you can't nag a tree and make it grow faster. Mm-hmm. You can just wait and, and water it, right? Yeah. Man, that's so good. And I, I think that's a, a great place to, to wrap this up too, because I mean, it just was, you know, for, like you just said, it would just completely full circle there on what it looks like to really have this marriage that is biblically based, you know, that is on the foundation of Jesus Christ, um, because it all comes back to him, no matter how much we try to do, even when we put out podcasts and things, it's like, there is no clear map to a successful marriage, you know, that Joe and Chrissy can come up with, um, that you guys can come up with. It's what God says, you know, it's like his word is the truth. You know, his word is what we stand on. And, uh, and we know that it's everlasting, um, because I'm, I mean, we, we're all about the five love languages, but I'm pretty sure my love language has changed, you know, like, you know, but, but God's word doesn't change on how to love people, you know? And so just going on that, there's just so, there's just so much to, a healthy marriage that is based off of the Bible. And again, you know, we said it, it's, it's hard to do without it. So, um, well, I just, I just highly suggest anybody that's out there and you're trying to figure this out, you know, I mean, you guys quote a bunch of scriptures, you know, you guys can start in James, you can start in first John, um, you can start in Luke, you can start, there's so many, you know, Peter, different ways, you know, places to read the Bible in case you guys don't know where to read the Bible. Um, do you guys have any suggestions? Are you, do you guys have a, a reading plan or a reading plan that you've read uh, recently, like on the Bible <laughs> app that you're like, oh, people could listen to this or read this? <laughs> Yeah, we actually do have, now you mentioned it, we never talk about it, but on the Bible app, there's a Fierce Marriage reading yeah. plan. It's yeah. based on our book uh, by the same name. And 
you know, if someone, so you mentioned, you know, I think your, your uh, listenership is going to be a little bit on the younger end of the, of the married spectrum. So if you are in that first kind of nearly wed or newly wed or within the first even decade of marriage, and you don't understand these principles of covenant, of love, uh, I would definitely just say pick up our book, Fierce Marriage. And that's because we everything we've talked about is basically in there uh, with some spicy stories and funny stories and sad <laughs> stories. Um, but that'll kind of give you the foundational stuff. Um, but as far as scripture, man, I just, um, I would say start with, uh, well. always Ephesians 5. <laughs> well, in terms of marriage, yeah, Ephesians yeah. 4 and 5. Yeah. But um, just in general, Romans. Yeah, Romans half, half, a, half a chapter a day for a month. Yeah. That'll give you a good solid foundation. I honestly love listening to the Bible. I, I, I have it like read to me. Um, but I've been doing a chronological study, which I don't necessarily like recommend unless you really are just wanting to get through the Bible and understand it in a deeper way. But um, it's been really good for me. <laughs> but, yeah, it, you know, yeah. a lot of time in, in the Old Testament right now. So that's giving me a more full picture of, of the, the gospel. Yeah. So, anyways. You can slow down in some books in the Old Testament for sure, like Leviticus and Numbers. And it's like, again, another one? Um, yeah. yeah, right now I'm, uh, I'm going through Revelation. I kind of go through the Bible pretty slow. And uh, even in Revelation, I told Chrissy the other day, I was like, man, I just had to turn back to James. Just, you know, just for a day, you know, just get some stuff that I can really comprehend because this is blowing my mind, you know, like, um, yeah. but again, it's, it's, it's God's word. And I mean, it's just, yeah, it's awesome. So, I mean, you guys have a lot of resources, obviously, like we just said, you have a Bible app or you have a Bible app. You're on the Bible app, um, Fierce Marriage. You have a book, uh, your website, your podcast. So we'll link to all that in the show notes. Um, but for anyone out there, especially just looking to constantly make your marriage better, I would definitely say follow Fierce Marriage, follow Ryan and Selena. Um, you guys are on Instagram, Facebook, social media? We are. Yeah. For better or worse, we're there. So. <laughs> cool. So you guys can follow them there also. And again, we'll uh, put that in the show notes too, so you can make sure that you're getting uh, all the information in. Um, but thank you guys again so much for being on our podcast today. Uh, appreciate it. You guys had some yeah. wisdom um, that I know is going to impact a lot of people's lives and marriages and not just their marriage, but their children and just spreading through families and generations. Mm. So we, we're blessed to have you guys on. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much for having us. Oh yeah. It was, I mean, it's an honor for sure. For sure. This is Joe. And this is Chrissy. And thanks for listening to The Married Life. And if you guys are not following us on Instagram or on Facebook yet, make sure you do that because we put out weekly tips to help build up your marriage. And we'll see you guys right here next week on The Married Life.